I've never been a big volume guy uh, when, when it comes to training. Uh, I, I believe more more in being uh, consistent and and also having a clear purpose of every session. The Triathlon Show 145. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and on today's episode, we have another age group case study. I interview Carl Brummer, who is a 49-year-old age group athlete from Sweden, and he is fast. In fact, he is super fast with many sub-9-hour Ironman races and age group victories in big Ironman races under his belt. And he does this on a training volume that on average typically has been 10 hours or even well below 10 hours per week. So that is pretty amazing. And we talk about how he has achieved such great results on this uh, training volume and what his approach has been to that. But first, big thank you to our sponsors. Precision Hydration provide electrolytes so that you can stay hydrated, get hydrated and uh, keep yourself performing even if races are long and races are hot. They help you by providing a free online sweat test that is a simple quiz that you can take in a few minutes time on their website. You can check that out. I'll link to it in the episode description and that will give you a personalized hydration strategy for your next race. And we have five days to go for the August promo where you can get 20% off your entire order on precisionhydration.com and you can get those 20% uh, discounts by using the promo code TTS20. And big thanks to Roka, that is the world's premium triathlon apparel brand. You can find them on roka.com. Roka's wetsuits are super fast. You can basically buy an entry-level Roka wetsuit and its performance will be similar to most other brands' high-end wetsuits. They have incredible technology in all of their products and I talked about the arm sub technology in their wetsuits before, but uh, it's uh, just so amazing to me how flexible the Roka wetsuits feel in their shoulders, so I want to mention it once again. Roka figured out that uh, why use the standard wetsuit design where the arms are kind of in a t-shirt shape uh, hanging down by your sides when you are actually supposed to be swimming with at least one arm extended at a time. So they completely turned the arms on their head, so to say, and uh, use their so-called arms up technology. And this helps provide super flexibility in your shoulder and you'll feel as if you're swimming without a wetsuit in terms of your flexibility and lack of constriction that you may have with other wetsuits, but definitely with a wetsuit in terms of the flotation and the glide and the extra speed that the wetsuit provides you. And whether it's a wetsuit or a trisuit or a swimskin or anything else from Roka that you're looking for, you can use the promo code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, all caps, to get 20% off your entire order on roka.com. For those of you who, have, who are eagerly awaiting the results from the giveaway that I've been running, it is now, by the time you hear this, uh, finished. Uh, but I record this while this episode while it's still running. So I'll announce the winners on next week's podcast, I think. But uh, 
if you hear this as it comes out, you'll probably, and if you are on the Scientific Triathlon newsletter, you'll probably get an email today or tomorrow where I announce the winners earlier. So stay tuned for that. But if you're just listening to the podcast, you will hear it uh, next week. All right, so a little, little bit more about Carl, my guest today. He has several sub-nine-hour Ironman races to his name. Among other merits, he was first in his age group in Ironman Frankfurt in 2013. And that year, he was also fourth in Kona, making him the second fastest Swede ever uh, at that time. I think Patrick Nielsen has uh, beaten him by, since then. But uh, he did this, the second fastest Swede ever in Kona as an age grouper. And uh, low volume, to give you an example, last year on an average weekly training volume of six to eight hours per week, he did his fastest ever Ironman time with 8.52 in Ironman Kalmar in Sweden. He turns 50 this year and he has a new goal and uh, he has uh, raised his training volume to an incredible 10 to 12 hours per week this year for that. That goal is the Podium Tour 2018, so he wants to finish on the podium in Ironman South Africa. Uh, the uh, sev- Ironman 70.3 in uh, Elsinore or Helsingør, as uh, we say in Scandinavian, in Denmark, and in the ITU Long Distance World Championships, also in Denmark, and in the 70.3 World Championships in South Africa and in Kona. He has done three of those races. Uh, the 70.3 South Africa still remains, as does Kona. Uh, South Africa may be finished by the time that you hear this podcast, actually. But he finished first in Ironman South Africa, first in uh, the 70.3 Elsinore, and second in the ITU Long Distance World Championships. So uh, these are incredible results, and let's hope it keeps rolling. I'm incredibly excited to bring you this interview. I think it will be one of the all-time top episodes on this podcast, to be honest. So let's just jump in. Today's guest on that triathlon show is uh, Carl Brummer from uh, Sweden. So, uh, Carl, or should I say Kalle, welcome to that triathlon show. <laughs> thank, thank you very much, Michael. Uh, you can say whatever you want to. Uh, happy to be on your show. So, this is another one in uh, the series of age group case studies, and you are a very interesting one. We'll get into that in just a little bit. But first, short. Uh, a brief background about yourself, your career, your family, and where you live and come from, etc. Okay, yeah. So, uh, well, uh, I I've got uh, I've got a wife, so one wife and and two daughters, and uh, we have been married for twenty five years. Next year, so we've been together for quite a while. Um, and I work as a consultant. I've got my own business. Works with and I work with people and uh, team development and uh, organizational culture to help uh, people, individuals, and, and teams to perform better. I would say, yeah, for short. And how old are you? Uh, I'm not yet fifty, but in a couple of weeks I will be. So on the twenty fifth of August I will turn fifty. Congratulations! Mm-hmm. You you might just have turned fifty by the time this episode is released. Yeah, true. That's that could be very well. So yeah, of course. So so when and how did you get into triathlon? Uh, yeah, that's actually quite a while ago. Uh, it was in the beginning of the eighties. Uh, I, I grew up in a little village in southern Sweden, uh, a fishing village, uh, only a little harbor and fifty houses. And one of the dads had heard of Ironman Hawaii. So, and then he came up with the idea that we should make an, 
an own Ironman in Vikhög, so a micro Ironman, I would call it. So we, we got together and ran around the village, bike to the next village and back, and then jumped in the harbor and, and swam around it. Uh, that was, I think, about 1983, as I said. Uh, and I, I enjoyed it. And then every year we did that once every summer. And then in, in the late 80s, there came a couple of other guys came with fancy bikes. And when I did beat them as well, they asked me if I wanted to join them because they were starting up a triathlon club in, in Lund Malmö. So then I started training, actually, more, more structured. Hmm? So, so you hadn't been training really at all for those uh, Ironmans that you did? No, no, I, I, no, I didn't do Ironman then. I only made, so, uh, uh, the, yeah, okay, the short ones in Vika, but that was, I mean, the, the run, the, the swim was a couple of hundred meters, the bike was about eight kilometers and maybe three to four kilometers of, of running, so it was really short. Uh, and my, my, my sports background is more of uh, Boy Scouts and windsurfing, I would say. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah. Well, but that, that makes more sense because doing an Ironman off the cuff like that the, or Iron Distance, that no, would no, no, be, no. have been no, no, very, no. very impressive. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We weren't even close to it. No, so I, no, I stayed with the shorter distances um, during the, the 90s. Uh, so I, I raced uh, Olympic distance uh, uh, primarily um, until 1997 when we became parents. We got our first daughter. So um, my last race in sort of part one of my triathlon career was in in August 1997, uh, where I did the Swedish championships over the Olympic distance. Uh, And then I quit uh, with triathlon. I I, I decided to, I couldn't handle being a a parent with with a young daughter, having my career and also trying to to, uh, develop myself as a triathlete. So I I simply put the bike away and, and focused on work and family instead. And what level did you reach at that time? Uh, I finished sixth uh, in the Swedish Championship that year in that, That's the elite category, not, yeah, not age group. Yeah, yeah that, no, no, that's the elite category. And the year before, I think I was sixth in the Swedish Cup in the elite category. So people, I was, I was decent. Uh, still, I mean, we didn't have any coach or something like that. But I was training for fun and and uh, was doing good results. I would say. Mm-hmm. And and how much did you train at that time? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, I mean, we we had uh, we had a pool sessions at twice or three times a week, and then we would go for a longer bike ride on the weekends and maybe run twice a week. It's uh, not that I, much. No, no, it wasn't that much. But I can't remember actually. I mean, this is is twenty years ago. Yeah. So, so yeah, sorry for that. Uh, but, mm-hmm. Do you, Do you remember your times? Your sort of the time range that you used to have in Olympic distance races? Uh, about two hours. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you, you took your break. When yep. did you get back into triathlon? Well, that was when I turned 40. Uh, so that would be 10 years ago. Because uh, when I turned 40, my, my wife, Orsa, she gave me a, a slot for, for the Ironman Kalmar because she knew that I somewhere nurtured this dream of completing the Ironman distance. Uh, I've never ever been close to it, but, but she knew it. So... She gave me a, a, a slot for Ironman Kalmar in 2009 then, and this was in August 2008. So then I took up training again. I brought my bike out again, 
uh, had to, to get new tires. They were kind of dry. Uh, and then I st- tried to, st- yeah, then I started training again, actually. Um, and it, when, when I put the bike on, on the, on the trainer, I actually, I had become so stiff. I couldn't reach the handlebar while, while I was sitting. So I, I had to mount, I think they were called Chinelli pins or something like that on top of the ordinary handlebars just to be able to, to hold on to something when I started uh, riding again. And then oh, after, wow. uh, after a couple of weeks, I was able to reach the handlebars. And after maybe two months, I, I could reach down to the air bars. Um, and then I got a slipped disc. So, so, so then I realized that it wasn't 30 that I had turned, but 40. So <laughs> I had to start all over again. Yeah, interesting. In, in During your break, did you completely let yourself go from uh, like health and training or did you uh, retain some sort of fitness and healthy lifestyle yeah i would say i, I retained a healthy lifestyle we, we, we have that in our family i would say but and i did uh, me and my brother we did some some trail runs up in northern sweden together just for fun i did uh, vasa loppet one twice i think uh, famous cross-country skiing yeah, race for race. listeners yes exactly so but not no structured training whatsoever actually i was surprised because when i quit in in in, in august 97 then i got then i got so focused on my work and, and my career so I, I i thought i would uh yeah sort of sense the 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 urge of training but i didn't train f- for several months actually and afterwards, I think it was because I had I, I had the stress instead of having the stress from training, I had it from the workload, uh, maybe combined with becoming a, a father uh, for the first time. So I, yeah, that was an interesting experience. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it makes sense. To, to that, I mean, this, the stress levels were constant, just with new sources, sort of. Hmm? Yeah, in many ways, like even physiologically, we we know now from from research that stress of any any source really affects the body physiologically exactly. the same way, whether yeah. it's from sport or from work or from being a father. Yeah, etc. exactly. So, which is quite quite good to know and understand now when I uh, took up training again. I yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so the Ironman, uh, Ironman Kalmar, how did mm-hmm. it uh, go? It, it, it went well. Uh, <laughs> I remember several times during the race, I was asking myself, uh, why am I doing this and, and how am I supposed to finish this? I, I had never run a marathon before that. Uh, I still haven't run a marathon before uh, without biking 180 case as a warm-up. But, but, but um, somehow I managed. Uh, I got through it. And and actually, afterwards, I have understood it was a good finishing time for a first time. I, I had nine thirty eight, I think. Uh, so and and then after finishing, I instead of asking myself how can I finish this, I started asking myself, hmm, how how fast can I finish a race like this? So then I started to to raise my my goals, so to speak. Yeah. So so let's fast forward and uh, mm-hmm. pick out a few highlights along the way what has happened in the in the 10 years since, since or 9 then. years since Kalmar and up yeah. until now. Okay so for, for 11 2011 I, I set up a mantra that I wanted to finish sub 9 top 10 
in Kalmar. So I wanted to go under nine hours and finish top 10 because then it was the Swedish championships. Uh, and I actually got very inspired by, by a guy who on the year before, Antti Antonov, he was three years older than me. And, and in 2010, he finished second or, or third in the Swedish championships. And that was sort of a mental breakthrough for me, seeing him entering the podium at that age. And from, from, from then on, I've, I've understood that, okay, age shouldn't be a, a limiter in, in this case. So then I, I wanted to do sub nine and I managed to do it 857. Uh, I did in 2011, as I said. And then I went on to, to, to Frankfurt to do the European Championships uh, the year after. Was able to qualify to, for Kona. So I raced Kona uh, 12. And then in Frankfurt, I saw the guys on the, on the podium get a, a, a big Ironman M. Uh, and I said to myself, of course, I finished fourth in my age group. So I said, well, I want one of these for the next year. And then in Kona, I could see the, the top five get an Emeke on the award ceremony. I thought it was awesome. So I decided I would like to try to get one of these as well. So for 2013, I, that, that was the year I was turning 45. So I had a mantra that said, like, fit for fight at 45 and trained to, to, to qualify for Kona again and did so was able to win my my age group in Frankfurt and then finishing fourth in Kona. So I got my Meke and was very, very happy with that. And then after that, I had a little a bit of a, a, I wouldn't call it break, but I didn't do an Ironman for a couple of years. I did Roth in, two, in 16 and then went back to, to Kalmar uh, last year. Mm. And what has your best Ironman time been so far? Uh, that was actually last year in August in in Kalmar. Uh, it was eight fifty two. Great result, yeah. And in Kona, what what time did you do in Kona? Uh, the first, four, for example. Uh, yeah, that's a, quite interesting because the first year I did nine thirty three oh nine, and then I set out to, to improve myself. And the year after, I did nine thirteen oh nine. So, so exactly twenty minutes fast. Big improvement, yeah, uh, great. And 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 afterwards, I actually found out that that made me at that time the second fastest Swedish athlete ever on, on Kona. There was a guy Roland Larsson who had made the sub nine in in late eighties, but otherwise, obviously, I was able to do a, a, for for Swedish circumstances a good performance. Yeah, fantastic. Mm? So now this year you have uh, mm? another interesting. Target. Can you tell us about that? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, since I'm turning 50, I, I was looking for something inspiring to to aim for. So I came up with with the podium tour. I call it. So I I, I wanted. I don't want to focus only on one race because I can. You can get sick or you can have technical issues or or, or whatever. So I want to have more than one uh, a race. Uh, and this year I came up with actually five. Uh, championships that I wanted to race. So it was um, South Africa Ironman in, in April and then uh, the European Championship 70.3 in, in Helsingør or Elsinore and then uh, World Championships, long distance, the ITU World Championships in Odense uh, mid-July. And so those three I've done and now I've got left is uh, South Africa, the World Championship 70.3 and Kona. 
And for these, I have the, the podium tour mantra as, as inspiration for my training. Yeah. And, and the results so far have been what? Yeah, good. Really good, I would say. So I, I managed to win my age group in South Africa uh, with, <laughs> with, the, with a, a good margin. I uh, apparently broke the course record for that age group. Oh, wow. Congrats. There, there. Yeah, thanks. Uh, and then I've also won my age group in, in Elsinore and in, in Odense. I had... Uh, a bad day, but a good performance, I would say. So I'm very happy with my performance. Uh, and I finished second to, uh, with uh, the the Mikael Krieger, the uh, Danish guy, has seven min. He was way ahead of me, seven minutes ahead of me, or something like that. So he was he was the star for the day. But I'm very satisfied with how I uh, pushed through, even though I didn't feel feel very strong that day. And mm-hmm. with all of these accomplishments, it uh, listeners might think that that you're superhuman or you just train a whole lot but that's not really the case (laughs) is it so tell us about your training yeah um well i i've never been a big volume guy uh when it comes to training uh i I believe more more in being uh, consistent and and also having a clear purpose of the recession uh so i mean when when i did actually if we go back three years when i did roth 2016 then I, I averaged, I counted that afterwards, between six to eight hours uh, a week of training. And I did 9.16 in Roth, I think. Mm. Uh, and last year, when I did a new PB in Kalmar, I trained between eight to 10 hours a week. Uh, and this year now, I've, I've made a couple of changes. I've, I've got a coach for the first time. Up till uh, last November, I've been self-coached. But now in order to... to challenge my way of training and, and get some new inspiration for this podium tour i've got a coach oscar olson uh, i've hired him to, to help me out with this and we have decided to raise the the, the volume a little bit so now I, I would say i average 10 to 12 hours usually uh, in a normal training week so mm-hmm. can you give an example of what a normal training week uh, might look like for you now this year well, the I mean, the baseline is sort of uh, if I could get in the water three times a week, if I could run three times a week, and if I could bike three times a week, that's good. And uh, I need strength training, definitely, uh, two to three times a week. And then when life comes, in, uh, uh, then, then I have to adjust, of course, but then I'm careful not to always uh, select the same session. So if I missed... Uh, a swimming session one week then i try to miss a run session next week if, if that's the case that i have to 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 cancel one or two sessions yeah uh, and it's a bit i mean it's a mixture of of uh, what we have added is uh primarily a slow long slow distance training so zone two trail runs or zone two bike rides uh, or even even the swimming uh, actually i've i've increased usually i a long session for me uh, up till November was uh, 2.5 Ks or 3 Ks. Uh, I usually wanted to have one 4 K swim before an Ironman just to prove to myself that, that I was capable of it. But now I can have, uh, I mean, this week I think I have three three sessions that are plus 3 Ks. So that's a... a, a, a 
an increase as well yeah. in volume for me. So can can you go into a bit more detail on the on the different workout types that you have? Like if you lay out what uh, what sorts of runs you have, what sorts of bikes and and the swims as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I mean, since since I'm not that young, I would say a success factor for me has. I would say the biggest success for is actually strength training. Since I added strength training, I think it was two years ago. But I, there are several reasons for that in my age, uh, and I think it's it's it really helps me out. So I I prioritize strength training. And what what sort of strength training are you doing? <laughs> Basic. Uh, actually, I'm not sure of the 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 terminology in English, but but I mean. Uh, Maybe you can translate. Yeah, it's knäböj, marklyft, squats, squats and squats and deadlifts and and leg leg press. Yeah, yeah, that's the main and core. Yeah, core. Uh, so as long as I do that, uh, I'm fine. And I do uh, f- few reps and heavy, heavy sessions. Uh, four to six reps yeah. uh, and and i i could see during the winter really how my strength uh was built up uh which i really sense makes me a better runner and, and a better biker hmm. yeah i don't know if you've listened to to the podcast before actually but that's something that we talked quite a lot about strength training and its importance and doing yeah. exactly the way you do it like having those sorts of uh, low rep high weight um, exactly. yeah. workouts and, and also the, the importance of core training yeah you i've, I've listened to it and, and I, I really when i did i really sense that i, I got um, my my beliefs got confirmed I, I mean i mean it's not my own ideas of course i've i've got it from other sources also but i think it's um it's vital um, yeah hmm? And uh, yeah, so go on with and, uh, and, and the swim training. Uh, there, there I have a coach, uh, Anna Corin, who is. Uh, you, I think you have also the Swim Smooth founder, yeah. 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 and and she's a Swim Smooth coach, and she's been an Olympic uh, swimmer for, for Sweden, and she's also she used to be a teacher, so she's so fantastic in her pedagogics, and and she really challenges us and the and the squad and helps us to to develop. To not not just to be swimmers, but to be swimmers in triathlon uh, with red mist sessions, and she, and she she hunts us with, with our homework uh, that we should do the sessions on our own as well, uh, and that has built up my my ability. I'm not I'm not getting faster, but I I can I can sustain the same speed. So now when I swam in South Africa in in April. Uh, I think I swam at 54 or 55 minutes. And, and the, I've done that before, actually. But but the big uh, difference was that I, I knew when I went into the water that this is going to be fairly easy. This is a 4K, not, not even a 4K swim. It's a 3.8K swim, and I can handle that. I know I, I will fail, feel fresh when I get out of the water. So that's, of course, it did do a great for my self-confidence in the situation. So it's technique drills and and red mist sessions. I would say is key for me at least for me, and I think that translates for for quite a few age groupers. Yeah, 
Mm. And I think that's for, as you said, we had Paul Newsom on from Swim Smooth, so yeah, probably Undercard and follows a similar protocol. So he, exactly. Paul, Paul, in his episodes, he laid out the exact typical swim training structure that uh, he has in his squad. So yeah. for those listeners that are interested in those details, go and go and listen to to that. It's uh, it's yeah. great. They should really do that. I can really recommend it. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Okay, so the bike then. What what did you do on the bike? On the bike, um, it's uh, well, it's strength sessions during winter, uh, and also those long, long sessions, easy long sessions. Uh, I would say to build me up. Uh, I, I will never be a power biker, uh, but once again, to to be able to sustain a, a solid effort during a race, uh, so it could be two, three even four hours of, of easy easy sessions. And as a, a race approaches, of course, then we will add on race pace intervals on this session. So maybe uh, an hour or two easy and then uh, f- four by 20 minutes on race pace. In, um, in, a, in a week when you have, let's say you do three bike sessions, like how long hmm. are the... The bike sessions that you do, you do maybe one or two in the during weekdays and one or two in the weekend. So, how long would would those different sessions be? Uh, the, the weekend sessions would be between two to four hours, uh, and uh, during the week, uh, f- uh, it could be from twenty minutes uh, up to ninety minutes. I would say. Okay, and for those listeners that are not familiar with uh, the concept of of a strength uh, workouts on on the bike, can you describe or give some examples of yeah, some sure, sure. I mean, working with cadence and, and lower cadence, uh, so we could go down to, to 60, 50, even 40 cadence on, on a steady effort just to, to push, 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 uh, and, and remain uh, that, that power on, uh, that I'm supposed to keep. So it's sort of a, a, a specific strength training on the bike, yeah. I think, and on, yeah. on the trainer, that's uh, the way to do it in where you live. Where, as far as yep. I know, there there aren't a lot of very long sustained hills that you can. No, no, exactly. So, so, and also, I mean, with, with the climate we have here, I was preparing for for South South Africa during winter. So I did these three four hour sessions indoors, uh, which is also mentally a, a, a good good training, I would say. <laughs> do, do you have any tips for like? some athletes might have struggled to get on the bike because they think it's so boring how do you during winter when you're on, stuck on the train or especially if you have a long ride like how do you how do you manage yeah. to do that i i firstly I, I get back to my my podium tour mantra uh this is i mean i i make sure i know why i do a session uh why in the long term so why would i like to do this uh and for me this year it's it's the podium tour uh, and then uh, the why in the short term is, of course, the purpose of the session. But th- the question you ask now is more, <laughs> how can I cope with, with sitting on, uh, indoors on, on, on the bike for three hours? Yes, it's because I want to race in, in South Africa and I want to have a good performance. So then I better sit here. Uh, and that actually helps me a lot. Yeah, well, uh, th- that's... Uh, sounds, sounds simple, but... but, it, but it's, a, uh, it's a true athlete's answer. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, okay, okay. I like okay. it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> good. So, good. so and the run then finally what sort of workouts do you do in a typical week yeah for, 
uh, I, I would say at least one longer session, uh, and I, I I want to do that as as often as possible in trail, because it's uh, a little bit. I got Achilles problems. I've had that for many years. So when I do trail running, uh, it helps me to avoid getting those problems back. And and how long is so that, that long run? Up to two hours. Okay. Really slow. Uh, good music, uh, and and out uh, in a nice environment, and just. Easy, easy run. And, and then, of course, uh, one session that could be uh, interval session or, or, or shorter with a little bit of speed. And then often one session is where we combine bike and ride. Uh, sorry, bike and run. So it's a duathlon session. Uh, so I could go for, for 20 minutes threshold biking uh, over to, to 10 minutes uh, threshold running, a short break, and do that two or three times. Yeah. So that gives me one bike and one run ses- session in one session. Do, so do you do that on uh, outside when the weather allows, or do you do it on the trainer and then go outside inside. and run, or do you do everything inside? Uh, uh, mostly, I, I try to, to uh, join Oscar at his training center once a week because I, I mean I do ninety ninety five percent of my training alone. So I, I try to. to uh, get that in my schedule t- to make it and then we will do that inside uh biking and running yeah and mm-hmm. and the fast intervals that you might do what sort of intensities are they are they like really fast vo2 max zone 5 intervals or are they threshold or do you vary it can you give some examples of what you might do yeah that could be that could be i mean in 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 the winter when when it's a couple of months before before race season i would do vo2 max so i could i mean we could have 30 seconds at the three minute pace, for instance, on, on the treadmill, uh, or, or building up to, or even I think we had some sessions on 250 speed just to, to try it. Uh, very short, then, of course. Uh, and then as the, as the race season approaches, the, the intensity would, would go down and the, the time will be prolonged. So, three, four, five minute intervals uh, on more threshold and then sub threshold actually more of over to race pace yeah so so this uh sums up to, adds up to 10 to 12 hours as you said and you yeah. are still one of the best in the world in your age group so why do you think this works uh because we hear so much about athletes that train 15 20 even more hours uh, per week and uh, you yeah. do it on on almost half the time and and it's successful for you yeah. how what's uh, do you have any any theory as for why this works <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, one answer is, of course, I guess it's genetics. But but besides that, I would say, how can they still perform with that training volume? Uh, I'm uh, amazed, actually, because it's it's hard to to fit in ten to twelve hours of training, but I also have to fit in uh, to keep the balance more recovery. So if I have a 10 to 12 hour training week, I, I, I need my power naps almost daily. I need to sleep at least eight hours per night. I need more time to get my snacks in between. And an ordinary lunch takes longer time because I have to eat more. So I think one answer to why, why at least some athletes, they train almost as a pro, but they are not able to, to also recover as a pro. Or, or have a nutrition scheme uh, as a pro, and then the balance is lost. Uh, 
And if you haven't got the balance, then then you won't perform. So so when I say, let's increase my training volume, I simultaneously tell myself, so then I will have to increase my recovery volume. I have to increase my my nutrition. Um, and, and keeping track of that balance, I think it's it's crucial, at least for, for me. And I think once again, it translates to quite a few. I have I've seen quite a, f- a few athletes that that I mean they copy the the, the schemes for for for, all, for pro athletes, and then but they swim in the morning between uh, half past five and seven o'clock in the morning, and then when the pro athlete goes home, uh, have a second breakfast and, and goes to rest, they will go to work. And then they will have this, as we mentioned in the beginning, this stress fr- from from the workload all over the day, and and then go home and have a second, for instance, a run session. And I I I, I simply think at least some bodies don't cope with that. Yeah, I, so I, I I would agree that for a lot for most people with families and with work, it's it just becomes too much, and the few yeah. that can handle it, they. They are blessed with great genetics, probably, so to, yep. to allow them to handle that. Yeah. So, but that doesn't mean that just because some age groupers are successful, that it applies to anybody listening. And you found the balance that works for you, and and this is the the balance that allows you to get the most potential performance out of your body. And uh, that's yeah, I, I, because I imagine that that I mean we know that if if I train more, I, I will have increased fitness. But I don't know where, when I pass the, the optimum level because everybody understands that if I would train 40 hours a week, I, I would become injured. So between where I am now and 40 hours a week, there is an optimum. Where, but I don't know where that is. So I've decided to, i rather be a couple of hours on this side of that uh, optimum than on the other side of that optimum. Yeah, it, 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 it yeah absolutely. It's the old adage of it's better to arrive at the starting line slightly overweight and undertrained than slightly overtrained and underweight. <laughs> good. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I haven't heard that, but that's yeah. a good one. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. exactly. So, so an, an, uh, another question is uh, at 49, soon to be 50, you already mentioned strength training as uh, one absolute key factor. But are there any other things mm-hmm. that you've maybe changed in your training or learned with time that uh, allows you to stay fast and stay healthy as you age? Uh, yeah, I mean, the the recovery time is so much longer. Uh, it's, it's I would say it's significant. When I was in the 20s, I, I could have a, a hard run or, or a hard bike session or, what, or whatever, and, and the next day I could go out and have a great session again. Uh, now I have to be more aware of how uh, can I actually cope with this session that is is, is on my schedule or, or so i frequently uh, um, misses uh, sessions because i sense no I, I i can actually i won't be able to perform this training session uh, as it's as it's meant to be and then i rather skip it and and have a better session next time mm. If it yeah, makes yeah. Sense. So, so do you do you try to schedule or with your coach? Do you try to have uh, only hard workouts every other day or something to always have an easy day in between? Or how how do you work yeah. it into your program? Yeah. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so there are a lot of of easy sessions in between, uh, and only a, f- a few harder workouts. Uh, and then, of course, it's up to me to to. I mean, I, uh, uh, sometimes I've heard people say, "No, my my coach has has have a." 
overtrained me almost, but that's not the coach's responsibility. As an athlete, I will have to, to take the, the, the schedule from my coach and then adapt it to my situation because he or she can't know how my, my, my complete life situation is. So, so then I, I will adjust yeah. it. Uh, and um, great and so uh, starting to wrap things up but uh, general tips for age groupers to want to get faster at any distance but for you you've been focusing on the longer distances and the Ironman distance a lot yeah. do you have any general tips that you would give the listeners uh, well one is to keep it simple uh I mean, now I'm, I'm, I would say my, my schedule now is more advanced, but, but that's because I've asked Oscar to, to do it. And he is an educated coach and, and he knows what he does. But when, when I was self coached, I kept it very simple. I mean, a, a 10 by 100 meters swim sessions, uh, starting at 130, 140 was a great session. That, that was what, that is what I would do three out of four sessions, actually, when I was self coached. Uh, and, uh, so because I think it's, we we have we have the knowing of, of of a lot, but if I can't transfer that into doing, it's very hard to utilize my knowledge. I mean, I really like your approach with with the scientific triathlon, but as an athlete, I I, I won't gain. I mean, the marginal gains for knowing very specific, uh, complex training sessions and details. If I can't transfer that into my session and actually do it the right way, then the gain is lost. So, so try to keep yeah. it simple and remind yourself of what's, what's the purpose of this session I'm supposed to do right now. That, that would be one. And then can, can I, can I cut in here for, and because uh, you bring up a point there on, sure. on scientific triathlon and that's something that, uh, Sometimes gets misunderstood actually, which is understandable because I chose it as a brand name. But uh, yeah, yeah but, like but I talked about in one episode in particular. I talked about the the free legs, the free a free legged stool basically upon which you should base your training, which is the scientific knowledge, but then also the coach's experience, which can be completely anecdotal, and the athlete's own experience. So this assumes that you have a coach athlete relationship, of course. But if you are a self-coach yeah. athlete, then it might be anecdotal experience from people that you talk with or coaches that you read their blogs and listen to their podcasts and then your own experience. So so I would never recommend mm -hmm. that anybody go and try to completely make a completely scientific training program because science is so far behind what coaches are actually doing in the real world. People, researchers design studies to find out why some coaches are successful with certain protocols to really find yeah. out what works, but they are behind the coaches that actually find out in the field what is working. And they might not know what, why it's working, but that doesn't matter because it is, it is working. So, so I think that, and that's also with, with this podcast yeah. why I, I want to interview a lot of coaches and, and also now a lot of age groupers to bring out that anecdotal experience. It doesn't have to be scientific all the time, but having the knowledge of that can give an extra edge. But yes, I totally agree for self-coach athletes. Don't get lost in the weeds. Keep it, keep it simple because it's, I see too many athletes that spend way too much time planning their training, but then lose time actually <laughs> doing their training and they're already time crunched. Yeah. So, so that's no good. Exactly. No, ex exactly. Well, well put, I would, I would say. So, um, and I, I mean, I, 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 I keep it simple and, and then consistency. 
Uh, and and by keeping it simple, I, it's easier to be consistent because I know I don't have too, too much. I don't need too much to prepare because I know what to do uh, when I when I get up on the bike or, or whatever the session is. So uh, uh, yeah, and and then again this this balance between uh, training, recovery, and nutrition. Uh, just ask. Uh, I think everybody should ask themselves: Am I am I actually aware? of uh, of the balance in, in this case so that I, I increase or decrease all three parts uh, equally yeah. or at least uh, yeah sure and uh, put another way this question might have the same answer to some extent but what do you think are some of the most common or most costly mistakes that age groupers make <sighs> Yeah, maybe as I said, maybe a bit of the same answer, making it too too complex. But also, actually, to 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 introduce something new, maybe maybe there are some that that they think that they have decided uh, for, for a goal or for an objective, but they haven't actually made a true decision. So they are not actually really focused and and prepared to do the the choices that are needed to reach that objective. So, I mean, they, 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 they have very inspiring um, and, and ambitious plans, but they haven't actually thought it through with, with what it will take in terms of, of time and effort. And then they get disappointed. And then they, hmm. they, they uh, lack behind. And that's why I once maybe go back to... to it's better to have a plan over eight to 10 hours a week and being able to, to pull it through than having a plan for, for 12 to, to 15 hours a week and always being behind, always being behind because I think that creates a mental stress uh, as well. I'd rather be top on, on top of my training, a little bit ahead of my training schedule, even, even though the, the, the actual amount of training would be the, exactly the same in the two different cases. Yeah. So, so bringing uh, in the mental aspects of, of training and racing. That, that's a great point. And, and one thing that I noticed, some of my ambitious athletes sometimes ask me for more training. But I know and I've seen in the past when we tried that, that they can't get everything done. So I say, no, it's better that you stay on top of your training. Yeah. Another reason, in addition to the ones you mentioned, is that we don't know if we put too much training, we don't know which workouts might be missed due to not enough time. And I don't want the key workouts to be missed workouts. So it's better to, to have a small enough training volume that yeah. we make sure that they can get all the workouts in, including the key workouts. Because if you have too much and then it ends up being the wrong workouts that get missed, then that's a much worse training week, even though the volume is the same as in the first case. But in the first case, you got in your key workouts well. So... So that's uh, something to add to that as well. Yeah, and and then, then maybe I, I, it would be great if I could at least uh, inspire some of these these fellow athletes to to to. I mean, I did eight fifty two last year with the training volume between eight to ten hours. Uh, so so at least it it doesn't prove. Well, it does prove that it is possible. It's anecdotal, but it proves that you don't, you can't say I have to train 15 hours a week in order to be able to push off a sub nine or uh, or, or a sub ten Ironman. No, you don't. That that's not true. For, uh, so you, 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 maybe you should look f- for your way of training somewhere else instead of this 15 hours. 
training weeks. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, I'm, and, I'm really and, and also, I'm impressed. I don't understand how people can cope with 15 to 20 hours of, of training in, in at this age and then work and family, etc., etc. But people should also look, I feel, at your your history, your athletic history. You started uh, in in the 80s and you did uh, triathlon until 1997, yeah. you said. Yeah. That's a long time, even though you didn't have massive training volume, but you sure. were consistent, you accumulated sure. a lot of training hours. Yeah. And now you've done it since 2008 or 9, 2008. Yeah. So yeah. you've again, over this 10-year period, you've accumulated a lot of training hours by being consistent with those eight-hour weeks or whatever it is on average yeah. and, and just getting things done over a long time period. And yeah. uh, sure. people are very impatient, but but that's like one of the main keys. You will improve if, you, if you're consistent over a long time period. Yeah. It's, it's not possible to... to get three years of improvement in one year by tripling the training volume it <laughs> no, just doesn't work like that no it doesn't uh, good point good point yeah. so so final question before the rapid fire questions mm -hmm. what time management tips do you have to to age group triathletes um an easy answer is, is to get a kicker or something like that uh, because it makes it so easy to, to get a good uh, bike session which usually is the most time consuming uh for, for many athletes at least uh to, to just dump on the on, on the bike on, on the kicker and, and pull off a good two hour three hour or at least one hour or even 20 minute session i mean if if i don't have much time how i have half an hour i can do a great session in in 20 minutes and then I get a shower and be done in 30 minutes that's a that's an indoor trainer brand or yeah, a kicker yeah, for, for yeah. those people that are not familiar. Are, yeah no true true uh, okay great and, and, and maybe, to... yeah and, and then once again this uh, uh, being very clear uh, am i actually prepared and willing to choose to train to to the level i have said uh, because that means that i have to choose not to do a lot of other nice things i never watch tv uh, i i can't hang around with my family as much as I would have liked to, but it's a conscious choice. So I choose to go for uh, uh, like la last evening. Uh, my one daughter came back from 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 a trip in in Nice, and the other daughter came back from another trip, and and we met for the whole family for the first time in at least a week. Uh, and, and then we had a, a, a dinner together, but I didn't sit for very long because I went to the gym because I had a weight session to do. Uh, and when I got back, they they were all asleep. So, yeah, but I wanted to do that. That's the way of managing time is to being aware. What do I choose to do? And, and, and feeling satisfied with that. Yeah, being, yeah. Feeling content with my choices. So let's start to wrap this up with the rapid fire questions and answer these in one sentence or less at most 15 seconds. And the first question is, what's your favorite book, blog or resource related to triathlon? Um, well, well, actually, I would I would say fad free management. Uh, it's it's not a book on, on on triathlon specifically. It's a it's a book on management that I got from my father when I became a line manager for the first time, uh, actually in 1997. Because that has learned me a lot in terms of leading myself and others. Put I mean, I mean uh, getting a very inspiring vision. Why should I do this? Leading, getting real. What's the reality? Do I actually have two hours? No, I don't. So get real. Have thirty minutes. Good. Do something with those thirty minutes. 
so so it's more of a management uh, book but i but i love it yeah good and uh, what's a personal habit that's helped you achieve success power naps <laughs> power naps and protein uh i would say yeah good combo uh, And what's a productivity or time management tip in addition to the ones that you mentioned, if you can give a very short one that you can share with the listeners? Ooh, yeah, well, now I fall back to the kick, but I didn't mention that. Then maybe, maybe, oh, okay, All, always have bags ready. Always have a, a swim, a, a run, and a bike, and a weightlift or a strength training bag in my, in my trunk, in my car. Good one. So, so w- 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 when I get the opportunity, I will I will have a session. Yeah, perfect. All right, Kalle, this has been uh, really really enjoyable to talk with you and uh, get to to learn a little bit more about how you train and how you manage to be incredibly fast and uh, and successful on uh, on this type of training and get some insights into into that and hopefully very inspirational and informational for the listeners as well. So thank you very much. Oh, pleasure, my pleasure, really. Thanks, Michael. All right, so I hope that you enjoyed that episode a lot as much as I enjoyed talking to Carl. I think it was incredible. A few key takeaways. Make the training count. Make the most out of your time. And that's true whether you have five hours or 25. But if you are on the lower volume side of things, it is even more important, of course. And for many age group athletes, it's just a reality that you don't have any more than those eight to 10 hours to train. Don't let that deter you. Uh, As you can see, it is entirely possible to do incredible results on this volume if you use it right. And uh, that's, uh, I guess, one of the main reasons that you're listening to this podcast, that you're actually interested in using your training volume right. So, So kudos for that. My second takeaway is that uh, consistency over many, many years does count. If you take the entire winter off every year or even just a month or two off and hope to still have a progression like Carl, then uh, it becomes much more unlikely. But if you start putting in those eight-hour weeks right now and you do that consistently, you can go very, very far if you do that very, very consistently for four years, for six years, for eight years, for ten years. Endurance sports is a game of patience and you can keep improving for a long time. It's uh, not something that you uh, that you really need to be super young for or anything, as Carl is uh, proof of. And uh, that is my third takeaway, actually. Age is not a reason to slow down. Carl was the fifth Swede overall last year in Ironman Kalmar with a time of 8.52, which was a personal best at the age of 48. So there's some motivation for all the Masters athletes listening. As usual, you can find the show notes for this episode on thattriathlonshow.com or go directly to the show notes from the episode description. It's linked to, and you can leave comments or questions in the comments section at the bottom of that page. Finally, I wanted to say a big, 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 big thank you to everybody who has been rating and reviewing That Triathlon Show on iTunes. I can't tell you just how much I appreciate it. It means really a lot to me. As of this recording, this podcast has 102 ratings in the United States, 99 of which are five stars. 
and 49 ratings in the United Kingdom. Uh, iTunes works in that it has different. You can't access all the reviews from uh, from iTunes in general. You have to go to a specific country store. Anyway, 48 of those 49 UK reviews are five-star reviews. So I'm really amazed by the fact that so many people internationally on all continents have found the podcast from a random rambling Finn uh, working in the very, very small markets of Finland and Portugal uh, as my base anyway, even though, of course, it's international these days. But uh, it's it truly amazes me and I'm very, very grateful for it. And just so you're aware, I do read every single review. I get emails every month with all the new reviews coming in. So if you're in the Philippines, if you're in Brazil, Canada, Australia, Sweden, Finland, Portugal, the United Arab Emirates or wherever, I have read your review and uh, I'm super grateful for it. And I want to actually take the opportunity to read one of my favorite reviews that came in recently, very recently, from Sawyer1206 in the United States. He writes, it's five stars, and he writes, I found Michael's podcast through an iTunes search when he was on episode number three, and I've been with him ever since. I did recently find myself searching for more podcasts with the same content and format, but came up short. Sure, there are lots of great triathlon podcasts out there, but I found most of them have lots of unrelated chatter. That's one of the things I loved the most about that triathlon show. Great content without the chatter. I found myself going back to the beginning and listening to every show again instead of trying to find a replacement. Keep up the good work. Hashtag fans in Texas. Thank you so much, Sawyer. That uh, Sawyer1206. That is truly amazing. And uh, this is uh, what, what I've been trying to do and the reason that I started this podcast. I wanted this sort of content and I'm glad that so many listeners are finding it useful. I do see that me asking for reviews now and spending three or four minutes on it in a way is chatter. So sorry about that. I try not to do it every show and I try to, I will uh, wrap it up very shortly. But it is incredibly important for the podcast to keep growing. And the way it works is by getting more ratings and reviews. It's simple as that. Of course, word of mouth as well. So that also helps. So uh, if you, like Sawyer1206, have been with, with me for a long time, please go and rate and review on iTunes. Whether you're an iPhone user or not, you can download iTunes on your desktop and uh, quickly create an account and rate and review. And that is an incredibly big help to me uh, to help keep growing the podcast. And this in turn helps me attract the best guests and uh, it helps me warrant spending as much time as I do to create these episodes. And another way that you can help is to shop from our sponsors using the special promo codes to show them that you are listening to the show and uh, you are finding finding them through the show. So first we have Roka, of course, on roka.com, R-O-K-A.com. If you're looking for triathlon apparel like wetsuits, swimskins, buoyancy shorts, etc., uh, sunglasses, goggles, you can find it on Roka and it's uh, best in class. And you can get 20% off your entire order when you use the promo code show, all one word, all caps. And Precision Hydration, they provide electrolytes to help you get hydrated and stay hydrated, keep you performing, keep you from cramping. They help you with both their electrolyte products that you can get for 20% off for five more days within the month of August using the promo code TTS20 and through the incredible hydration advice they have on their blog. So go and check that out if you want, you need more information about hydration. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.